Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a box spot, and on my way go. We in bitten airwaves. Cool. They be watching us, we so prosperous Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us They be watching us, we so prosperous Maximum FM Hip Hop, like us on Facebook Yes, yes, y'all, welcome back to the show Once again, it is your man DM Cool And this is Cool Radio Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody Tell the friend that we're live on the airways right now, and we have so much in store for you guys tonight, man. We got my man, Mr. Rock Poppin' Hip Hop, Mr. You Know Whoa, Goliath Paw, will be in the building tonight. Also, we got to talk about so much stuff happening. Like We got to talk about this Meek Mill versus Drake in a boxing match thing. We got to talk about Kendrick Lamar and Beyonce having to sign some sort of petition. There's so much going on, but before we get into all of that, you already know how I do to open up the show. Each and every week, I got some stuff to uh, get off my chest, so to speak. So, with that being said, I think it's time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Indeed, indeed, man. So, America was going through, you know, a little bit of a bittersweet uh, passing, so to speak, because Barack Obama made his final public address to the nation as it was his final day in office as president of the United States. So he said a lot of what we needed to hear or what the American people needed to hear because they are now going to go through at least uh, in the foreseeable future the next four years of a Donald Trump presidency. So before all that madness begins, you know, it was good to hear some – some thoughts from the 44th president of the United States, basically thanking the American people for his time in office and how they went through a difficult trial during the eight year period of him being in president. But also he talked about the good that the nation is capable of performing uh, the potential that it has. He thanked his wife, of course, and his two children for being there by his side. And also Joe Biden for not only being his running mate, but also a good friend and a brother You know, during that time period as well. Now, me being from Canada and what have you, I'm not going to have that same connection uh, as the American people did. But nonetheless, just viewing from afar, we can tell that this president was one of a kind. He was something special. I think he was in my opinion, at least, the most unique president that the nation has ever seen. And I'm not even saying that because of his skin color. I'm just saying that mainly because of how he was able to connect with the people. I mean, if you remember from his campaign eight years ago, when he was running for for office, you know, change, that was the big thing, right? Let's change America. Let's go for change. Let's not be part of the norm anymore. Let's stand up for something. Let's give the voiceless a voice. And I think he really spoke to that. And not only that, but I feel as though a lot of young people were more invested in the election than ever. I remember back when I was 20 years old and, you know, Obama was was running for office. And obviously, I had no horse in the race, so to speak, because I myself am not American. I'm Canadian. But because of the fact that it was a person of color that was running for office and because he spoke so fluently in the language of the younger people, not to say that he's speaking in colloquialisms, but he was basically just letting us know that he could hear our voices and understands what we're saying, I think that resonated with me being a young person. So if I were American, then I think that would just resonate that much more. So I feel as though no other president in history, to my knowledge at least, has been that voice for the youth like Obama was. And I think you saw like the largest voting turnout for, uh, for millennials during that time period. So that really speaks volumes in that regard. Um, and also just as relatability. I mean, you never really had a a president that was that cool, basically. And let's keep in mind, uh, besides from all of that, the fact that this is one of the few presidents that America has had that wasn't involved in any sort of scandal. He didn't break the law. He didn't have 
a shady past that a lot of people wanted to dig up. The worst thing he had was an, an ethnic name and also, you know, a questionable, uh, um, uh, what's it called, birth certificate. Not even that was questions that people were just questioning as to whether or not he was born in America, All obviously just because he's black and he has an ethnic name which, of course, just speaks to America's ignorance once again. But nonetheless, Obama was able to persevere, persevere through that. Now, not every aspect of his presidency was, was that great. You know, he had to make decisions that were unpopular, to say the least. But he also did make decisions that also benefited the American people as well. So by no stretch of the imagination was he a perfect president. No president is but he was definitely the right one for the for the past eight years. And the thing I like about him is the fact that, you know, going back to what I said earlier, he was very relatable and he was very easygoing. Looked like he was very easy to talk to and he just had a natural charisma about himself. Um, me being a basketball fan, I haven't seen any person that's that into basketball. And it was great that he was always inviting the championship team of each year to come by the White House and do the inaugural visit, which – a lot of teams in pro sports do, and I think it's the president's choosing as far as which uh, uh, sport fran- sports franchise that he wants to invite over. I think that's the case. I could be wrong, but I'm just glad it was basketball each and every time that he was in the office. And I just love the fact that he was able to interact with so many different celebrities and public figures and things of that nature as well. He was very natural, um, very charismatic when he was doing it. When he had Stephen Curry over and they were doing like the little YouTube videos, whatever, that was pretty cool. Uh, when Michelle Obama did the uh, mannequin challenge with uh, LeBron James and, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that's another thing as well. Michelle Obama, I mean, by far the best first lady that I've ever, I've ever witnessed. And I'm sure she's going to go down in the books as well. Um, just being very charitable towards many groups, many youth groups, many women's groups. And I think she's just a shining example of a strong woman is all about, you know, standing by the side of her husband and working alongside with him, not just standing behind him, but standing along with him, beside him, you know, as equals, basically. He held down the presidential front, and she held down everything else, basically. So America is definitely going to miss uh, Obama, uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, and also the children as well, and there's not going to be another one like him. And I think a lot of people are going to be upset about that. And I can also predict, I think a lot of people can predict that, you know, after the first four years of the of the Trump administration, people who may not have been a huge supporter of Obama, they might reflect and probably take his uh, take his time in the White House for granted, basically, once they see what Trump is going to do, you know, for the next four years. That's just my hypothesis. I could be wrong. Maybe he might turn out to be a good president, but who knows? We can only wait and find out and watch the uh, first season of America. <laughs> but what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Come up after the commercial break, man. We are expecting our guest of tonight, Mr. Rock Pop and Hip Hop, Goliath Pod. You know, whoa, he should be entering the studio. But for now, we got to get into some music. So with that being said, we got to go to a track called Let's Go. This one features Taz Nada and Rich Kid. It's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Yes, yes, yo, welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool, and you are back with Cool Radio. As promised, we do have our guest for the evening. Luckily, he made it past Black Tie because he just got into the studio right now. Uh, you guys know already know this man. He is no stranger to Cool Radio, friend of the show, frequent collaborator, also one half of the voice that you hear on the intro for this show. You already know who it is, man. It's Mr. Rock Pop and Hip Hop. It is Goliath Paw in the building. What up, boy? You know, whoa, us popping DM Cool. Yes, yes, yes. How you doing, man? Good, man. It's always good to be back here. You know that. Of course, of course, man. You were here last week. You were here, I think, a couple weeks before for the uh, year-end special, yeah, man. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, man, yeah. definitely, man. Always got to keep, uh, keep the good times rolling, man. And we got to do that uh, tonight as well because we have a lot to discuss, man. Uh, before we get into the thick of things, man, uh, what's been new with you as far as like music and like tour, possible tour dates and what have you? Man, okay. So, you know, I've been I've been asleep for like... A few months just in the lab cooking, man. Yeah, cooking. yeah. We got, uh, I'm not going to say the title of the mixtape yet. Okay, it's a okay. Surprise, you Keep know. it under wraps. Um, no release date yet, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, it's going to send half these rappers back to the drawing board. Okay. So. 
It's a straight fire, man. I might I might drop that Beyonce on him, you know? Okay, that you lemonade. Might, <laughs> might wake up and just see a bunch of videos and, uh-huh. and a bunch of links to download it without no without no warning. So All right, man. I think that's a new trend for a lot of artists these days. So yeah. <laughs> won't be surprised if you try and take it to the next level. <laughs> exactly. Most definitely, man. So, like, is, do you have, like, a new sound that, that you're working on right now? Or is this a little bit more the same but a bit more evolved? Yeah, so this one is... Um, you know, the first EP was an introduction, kind of everything that I can do, Canadian coal mine, you know? Yeah. So um, there's a lot of rock, pop influence on that. This mm-hmm. one's more hip-hop. It's more street. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's what it's what the industry is feeling right now in hip-hop. So okay. I'm going to show them that I can still ride with them mm-hmm. as I'm recording my album, which is going to be a, a, a more deeper stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this this is more for, for the clubs and the streets. Absolutely. Uh, so, like, yeah, I remember, like, like, like I was saying uh, earlier on the show, last week you came by here real quick, whatever, since you're in the area, and uh, you were able to hook up with T-Major for a minute. Yeah. And uh, you were saying how, you know, like, off camera, you were saying, like, how important it is to, like, you know, network with, like, your fellow artists and collaborators and what have you. So how important do you feel like it, it is, especially within hip-hop, for artists to do that with one another? Man, it's 100% important. Um just, just, I mean, just in regular life, everybody already knows when you try to apply for a job, mm-hmm. you're not going to get it. It's always who you know. Exactly. So going out to these events, you know, popping in here and there, mm-hmm. seeing the one, two fam, um, it means a lot, man. And mm-hmm. they remember that. You get to network. Next time they see you, your face becomes more familiar. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people open up to you. So mm-hmm. all the artists out there, managers, whatever you want to do in this industry, music, or even in your own life, whatever your job is, go to these networking events, go to the conferences, mm-hmm. try to, if you're really serious about it, try to try to get as much out of it as you can because mm-hmm. it's only going to help you in the end. Exactly, yeah. And you know what? It's true, man. It's, these days, like, the hard work will maintain whatever position you have, but it's really who you know that's going to get that foot exactly. in the door, basically. Yeah. And you know what? It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing depending on how you look at it, but either way, you have to adapt to that change or whatever the, the, the norm is nowadays, I would say. That's right. Yeah. So let's uh, go into um, let's go into, into the networking thing, actually, because I feel like a lot of artists, like, stateside, like, um, like let's say Big Sean Wale, whomever, whomever, tend to network with each other nowadays. Like, a lot of people don't really see you know a lot of the beef aspect in hip-hop anymore as much as they used to you know minus drake versus meek mill and what have you but because everyone's being all quote-unquote buddy buddy a lot of people are saying oh hip-hop's not what it used to be anymore you know it's there's not as many tough guys today anymore no more rap battles (laughs) so like so like what do you say to that i mean do you feel as though a lot of guys are networking with one another nowadays because maybe they've learned from the mistakes of their predecessors possibly no i think it's um i think I think it's uh, people aren't saying things like they used to mm-hmm. because the world is more connected now, right? Mm-hmm. You can go online, you can um, drop comments on you know your rivals, whatever. The fans are more involved now. You know, back in the day, mm-hmm. you had to come see them at their show. Yeah, they had their boys with them. Mm-hmm. Whatever you had to bring your people, mm-hmm. um, and it was you know just just earlier on in anything. I mean, look at civilization, the gladiators up until now, mm-hmm. where. You know, for the most part, it's always peaceful. As as whatever industry or whatever it is you are in mm-hmm. progresses, um, there's less violence, less chaos. People learn how to, you know, communicate with each other, more more harmony. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's happening with hip-hop. When it first started, it was like, yo, I'm the best in these streets. Yo, come at me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Very street, um, very street uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, we're all online. We're all buddy-buddy. Oh, I know yeah. this guy. I need his help, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So that's how it is. And I think also, you know, the kids growing up now and, like, our generation, mm-hmm. um, not a lot of people are about that that beef, you know. We kind of, like, see see what's out there. Yeah. So. And it's funny because you mentioned that as well. So, like, it's either on the extent where – as you say, people want to network with each other and kind of build and, and grow and prosper with one another. But on the flip side, if there is a beef, then instead of like putting on on a record, you know, people are quick to like go on the Twitter or the Instagram, make a little IG post about it, and be like, exactly. "Oh, come find me, come find me," or whatever. So, yeah. like, so what do you say to that? <laughs> that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> to to uh, the Soldier Boys. Yeah, oh, that's, they're just <laughs> exactly. doing it for attention. Yeah, it's obviously they're doing it for attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, even this whole boxing thing. Now oh, it's God. like now we got all the, like the the F and D artists trying to call out all the A artists. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and their excuse is, "Oh, it's better than taking it to the streets." But none of you guys are going to take it to the streets anyway. Exactly. It, it's just, it's just like it's false idolism, basically. Yeah. yeah, you know what? And trust me, we're going to get to that later on in the show <laughs> because, like, 
it, it's it's funny, man. Like every, everyone's just out here cooning, but it's hilarious. But you know, just just going back to that though, I mean, I guess like in the nineties, it was more it was more popular for artists to you know put it on wax, so to speak, basically yeah. if they had an issue with an artist. Nowadays. You know, minus again Meek Mill versus Drake, or or whatever the case may be, not a lot of artists do that. So, do you feel like a lot of these rappers who do have a problem with another rapper, for example, do you think they're afraid to put on wax? You know, possibly it might damage their record sales, whatever the case is. You know what I think it is, man. I just it's also the uh, it's it's the times we live in, man. This whole social justice. I know, I and I've I've been on here like what four times now. We always talk about this. Yeah, it's a social justice era yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, people yeah. are trying to figure out how far we can uh-huh. you can you can get away with things and before someone says anything and yeah. you know one person says something to stand up and everybody retweets it whether that person is right or not mm-hmm. i feel it's the same way in hip-hop um you know back in the late 90s and the mid 90s mm-hmm. i mean gangsters and gangster rap was number one yeah now I mean, the number one gangster rapper, you're lucky if you have like a year, a consistent one year of success mm-hmm. before another street rapper comes and takes over, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you had like Meek Mill, now it's Future. We're going to have somebody else. Before it was Jeezy. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's, it's right now is the time of the rappers, the conscious rap, the love rap, you know, mm-hmm. like the Drakes and the, and the Coles yeah. and the Kendricks and the Chance the Rappers. Those are the new guys. Those are what the kids, um, that's what they listen to. That's what they like, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I don't I don't think um, it's not that they're they're not scared to say it on wax or say it to each other's face. Yeah. I just think it's just a different mentality. They're not even really thinking like that. Mm-hmm. Now you did mention like the Drakes and the J Coles and the Kendricks want to have you. Uh, not only are like the like the new wave of like conscious or or love rappers, whatever the case may be, but a lot of these guys nowadays, like when it comes to the production, they're a bit more open minded as far as like what type of. Uh, beats to incorporate what type of like musical genres to incorporate yeah. in their sounds as well. And I know you've been no stranger to that. Like that's how you've pretty much first started exactly, in, in yeah. music in general. Yeah. So like how important is it to you that, you know, rappers these days are incorporating more sounds into their own sounds, so to speak. It's good, man. It's good. I like it. I've always said it's not the rappers who dictate the music industry, it's the producers. Mm-hmm. If you look back every five, ten years and find out who is the number one producer. They're the ones who dictate the sound, and everybody kind of follows suit. Yeah. So now you've got, um, you know, the Metro Boomins and those guys, mm-hmm. really, uh, really drum heavy. Mm-hmm. And since, well, not so much since, but you know, snares. Yeah. And they leave the those. beats open mm-hmm. so that guys like Migos, Drake, and whatever, mm-hmm. they they dictate the melodies on these beats now. Yeah. So um, no, I I love it, man. I love the way it's going. I think it's I think the music now. I know a lot of people are gonna hate me for this, but I think it's better than what we're coming from mm-hmm. um, only because you can do more on it. It's more creative. Yeah. I'm not saying that the subject matter is the best and they're <laughs> making the best music, yeah. but I think creativity um, there, they can be a lot more open on it. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, and definitely the creativity, they can be a bit more open on it. And then as far as the subject matter, I think that kind of varies from artist to artist. Yeah. Like you can ask someone yeah. like Childish Gambino who can like really, you know, dive deep into a social issue by disguising it as something that's very vain, for example. But then you can have someone like Future who can just keep it simple, stupid, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, so I think there's a little bit of everything for everyone. Uh, But what I do want to know is, you know, the trap sound, for example, that sound's been around for like at least like five years now, like minimum. And normally, like every year, and I was talking to the team major about this last week, every year or so, or whatever period, Something changes. Like one year it could be soul beats, next year it could be crunk, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Why, in your opinion, do you feel like the trap sound has stayed relevant till now? The trap sound, I think, stayed relevant because those artists are the ones who are. Um, I don't know. I guess you could say they're pushing themselves the most, mm-hmm. or the labels are pushing them the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta's really hot right now. The South is really hot right now. Toronto's hot too, but I don't think the Toronto sound is here to stay. Only because it seems like a fad, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I personally don't think Toronto has a sound right now, in my opinion. No. And that, that's no disrespect to Toronto, but yeah, I just you know what? Think. You know what it is. You got to mm-hmm. wait for the time to kind of pass. Yeah. When we look back on like the two thousands or whatever, it was Socrates and those kind of beats. That was the Toronto sound. Yeah. I think when we look back on it, we're gonna get the party next door, the Drakes, the mm-hmm. Maggie Jordans, like that kind of you know soulful uh, trap. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just the dominant beats right now. Mm-hmm. It's what people like, and like I said. Um, it allows people to be creative on it with the melodies, with the auto-tunes. Mm-hmm. And people just want, when you listen to music, people just want the melody. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to a smash chorus. Yeah. 
Yeah, like definitely, definitely something like very easy to listen to. Something uh, that you can absorb as well, basically, just yeah. so like you can kind of sing along with it, especially if you're in concert, for example. Yeah, look 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 at uh, "Bad and Bougie." That song. Mm-hmm. Every time I go online, someone's posting it to a new video mm-hmm. of like I don't know people dancing. I saw a Dragon Ball Z one of yeah, yeah, saw that too. I had posted one of like an episode of Friends. Oh, okay, where they're like dancing. Yeah, 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 with the little monkey, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's something about that beat. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way the snares and the kick drums go, I mean, you can apply it to almost anything, right? It's yeah. that simple. So these beats, they're really open, they're really simple, mm-hmm. and people, it connects with you as soon as you hear it. So I think that's why it's really popular, and that's why it's going to be here to stay. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, also, um, with like incorporating like different sounds or what have you, I remember like maybe like 20 years ago, like if you were to do something that had like a different sound that sounded a bit more mainstream, so to speak, yeah. you'd be very quick to be labeled as a sellout. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, not so much. So like with that time gap, you know, from like, let's say 1996 to 2016, um, do you think that hip hop has matured in that regard, that they, there are more accepting of sounds? And do you think that it's a bit more antiquated to have that mentality of being a sellout if you incorporate something that's a bit out of the norm? Um, hmm. I don't know, man. Like, for the whole sellout thing? Yeah. Uh, I don't... Like, you're right. They're not really calling each other sellouts now. Yeah. I think everyone, especially in hip-hop, it's very trendy. Yeah. We're probably, like, the one genre that, you know, every few years it really changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so people just kind of copy of what the the main guy's doing. Look at Drake. He released one dance and everybody else followed suit. Yeah. You know? So I think everyone copies what the number one artist is doing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they'd, they'd call them sellouts. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's. Yeah, because I can go both ways. I think it can, because I just feel like, let's say Childish Gambino was like a rapper in 1996. Yeah, I don't think he could get away with what, with uh, what he's done thus far. Not to say yeah. that wasn't good or anything, but a lot of people would question his credibility as a rapper, especially back in those days when like rap, you know, the rap persona was very hyper masculine at that yeah, time. So yeah, exactly. It's all about gun toting and and drug dealing and all that stuff. So I don't think someone like him would be able to withstand the pressure of having to conform to that standard and mm-hmm. like he probably would be called the seller left right front and center basically yeah, so yeah. i think it's very beneficial that that he kind of like got away or not got away from but i think it's beneficial that he was able to do his own thing in this time period because i think yeah, yeah. we're a bit more progressive in that we regard. are yeah we are a bit more progressive and people are more open to ideas like you were saying with the beats and everything mm-hmm. uh there's more of the mixing of the genres even pop music which is popular music and mm-hmm. hip-hop is the most popular genre right now they're incorporating a lot of uh hip-hop styles and even the dance hall style in a lot of the pop songs so yeah, it's not it's not even so much about being a sellout now than more of trying to just stay on top and stay with what's relevant. Like you like you said, man, with the internet and how everything changes, like one week this thing goes viral, the next week the next thing goes viral. People just wanna stay on top and stay ahead of the curve. So it's no more about being a sellout. It's more about, okay, this guy's doing this and this is hot. Okay, mm-hmm. I gotta do something like it. Exactly. And uh we were talking about like rappers being like very like hyper masculine and like, you know, calling people out and stuff like that uh, on Twitter and, and just, like, social media, basically. Um, a lot of rappers these days, for whatever reason, they love to, like, be, like, gang-affiliated and stuff like that. Like, you have, like, Soldier Boy or or Lil Wayne, you know, being all Sue Whoop and all that, like, calling out blood and everything. So, like, why, you know, despite their amount of success financially especially, why do you feel like they still have a need to, you know, throw out, like, a, a gang affiliation? Like, what's what's the benefit in that because at the end of the day man hip-hop's always going to be about the streets that's where it came from there's always going to be like you said that hyper masculinity involved Mm -hmm. in it and um at the end of the day man i mean that's what i want to hear when i turn on a hip-hop song i want to feel pumped up and empowered you know Uh um and those guys it's at it gives you credibility the thing you know that's the thing what happened with b.o.b you know, he came uh, out. He came out. He was doing the the, 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 the paper songs. planes, yeah, the paper or, or, or airplanes, airplanes, yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was good. He was selling. He was a crossover artist. Yeah. But they didn't play him in the clubs. And when you go out to the clubs and the strip clubs with your boys, and everyone else is getting played, but not your music. Yeah. Man, you're gonna feel away. So now you're gonna start calling out the hood. You're gonna start making the gangster music, or at least the the club music. Yeah. And you're gonna feel nice, but then now you forget that not everyone's gonna relate to that. So you're you're putting yourself in a smaller circle. So I think that's why they do it, just the peer pressure around them. Yeah. And they're not able to see the bigger picture all the time. Yeah. 
because they're just surrounded by, you know, hoodmans and all that. So See, when you mentioned B.O.B., man, it's just so disappointing because before he even blew up, like, he came out doing alternative type of, like, rap, basically, right? Yeah. And I think that's how he was able to, gra- like, gain his initial fan base in, in the first place because those people who were listening to him, they were ready for a change. They were, they were so bored with, like, yeah. the gangster rap and everything. Yeah. And I thought that was great for him. Like, he had his own lane, basically, in that regard. And so, like, when he went all, like, ratchet and everything, I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're yeah. going backwards. Like, you're making white people money. Like, no no disrespect <laughs> to say that, but, like, it's true. Like, you're, you're, you're making black, black people happy. You're making white people happy at the same time, man. You don't have to be like black ratchet and sticking to that one crowd because then okay you get you get club in the strip clubs okay so what would you rather have play in a strip club or Super Bowl Stadium like come exactly, on exactly you know, know what I mean I same thing with Wale as well he's the same guy yeah, who succumbed to that thing. Wale is a guy who in my opinion could have had like international appeal because he was working with Mark Ronson who's a well known producer yeah. in 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 uh, the UK and he could have had that he could have had that crossover success from America to to UK he could have been working with a lot of grime artists for all we know mm-hmm. but because he's with MMG and because he he wants to you know be more credible or whatever like he just basically settled for like the the easy way out and now he sounds like a more poetic version of Meek Mill basically so yeah, it's just like yeah. it's like trap and soul almost basically i'm just like who cares about what these what these Hey, but you know what? If 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 that's what you're around and that's what they're bumping and I I get it, man. Like the thing about music, especially mm-hmm. when you put your music out there, yeah. is you want that feedback. You want people to like you. It's it's like you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. So if people aren't playing it, the DJs aren't playing it, you're going to be like, "Yo, you know, I'm going to switch up my I'm going to switch up my style a little bit and see what happens." Okay, but it depends on what DJs you're asking though. Like I think you, you really got to know your fan base. Like mm-hmm. he may not be getting, you know, love in like Houston, for example, but if he goes over to like Melbourne, Australia, they might be playing yeah. Wale 10 times over and he doesn't exactly. even realize it yeah. because he's not in that environment. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like you really got to know your demographic in that regard if that's the case. So, I just I agree. I, I can't give these rappers a pass when they decide they want to <laughs> go ratchet because they want yeah. that hood love. And, like, yeah, I'll know. never understand it. Like, I know, may- maybe that's just me being ignorant. Who knows? But, like, I'll just never understand the fact that you could go from being yourself and possibly selling, you know, 250 in, like, the first week to just succumbing to playing to the stereotype and then only selling 50K in one Chris week. Chris Brown, man. Oh, God. You know what? Chris Brown was on top of the world. Yeah. Now look at him. I- exactly. I could have said it Club more, shows. man. And on that note, we got to switch it up a little bit, man. We got we to gotta play a couple of games, man. You already know how we do with the game portion, man. Um, so we got to play cool or uncool, man. So with that being said, let's get right to it. And it goes a little something like this. Yeah, I got to play that drop in there for sure. So, Paul, you're no stranger to the show. You already know how this know. goes. Let's no, go. You already know how this goes, man. I'm going to give you some topics. All right. And then you're going to let me know whether they're cool or uncool. Now... I know you're a basketball fan. Yeah. I know we played 2K in the past many times. And you lost. Um. Yeah, like maybe like once in comparison yeah, to you right. 10 times, you know. So my record is almost impeccable. But nonetheless, this edition of Cool and Cool is going to be the NBA edition. So with that right. being said, let's get to it, man. Um, the rappers, sorry, the Raptors making a trade by deadline. Cool or uncool? Cool. All right. Who do you and think we should get? They got to trade JV, man, while he's hot. Really? Yeah, you think man. they should trade JV? They got to trade JV while he's hot. So who would you trade JV you for? You know who I'm going to say. Oh, oh, DeMarcus Cousins? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, the whole league is buzzing. Oh, man. See, if okay. We, no, I know. Listen, I know it's the attitude problem. Yeah. But if he's in the right system, he's the best. He's He is probably the best center right now. He man. is the best he center is, in the league. He has yeah. been in like for the last three years. And if we get him, we can... We can uh, we can go to the finals with him. It's a possibility, but I just think that, like, we'd be giving up a lot for him, and we don't know how Would it's going to pan out. Oh, of course. I mean, I'm not sure what his salary is right now, but for a man of his stature, we'd probably have to give up JV, probably Terrence Ross, which is fine, yeah. and then maybe, like... A few draft picks, A few obviously. draft picks, if anything. But, yeah, I think we'd probably have to trade, like, maybe, like, one-third of our bench and then some draft picks on top of that. Hey, if we can do a three-team trade, we can probably get some players from another team. I don't know. They can make it work, but DeMarcus Cousins is that presence that we need with the rebounding and the consistent points. True. Not to say that we need any more scoring because, I mean, the other two guys are killing it. Yeah. But it's that defense to get over the next hump. I just think that, like, when it comes to, like, what the Raptors need, it's mainly a power forward. And I think it's something that someone that can be, like, a consistent third option on scoring. Yeah. Like, in the paint in particular. Because we already have enough wing presence, basically. 
But speaking of Demarcus Cousins, that leads us to my next question, okay. or scenario rather. So he is possibly signing an extension with the Kings worth two hundred seven million dollars. Damn, cool or uncool? That's cool. That's cool. Good for him. <laughs> Yo, with, with, finally these guys are getting paid what they're worth. And I know you had a status the other day yeah. about sports players, and I don't think sports players get paid uh, what they're worth. For what they make in the the league, what yeah. they make the league, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, like get as much money as you can, yeah. Because you're not going to be playing forever. One injury the next day can sideline your career. Look at Chris Bosh, man. Yeah, that's yeah. sad. You know what? So, that was that was beyond his control, though. The exactly. whole blood clot thing. Yeah, but that's but that's what I'm saying. And yeah. he, you can wake up the next day and never have a career. So exactly. make as much money as you can. And he's a good player. He deserves it. Yeah, he deserves the money. Don't get me wrong, but like if, I feel like if he signs that deal, then. He's never going to go to the playoffs. He's never going to win anything. So I, I feel like he's just doing it for the money, which yeah, yeah, he's, to each his own. He knows, but, yeah. but like, a lot of guys play for the money. Yeah, but like he's never going anywhere, and he shouldn't be mad about that. He shouldn't have anyone feel sorry for him in that regard yeah, yeah. if he does that. If he does that, yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, let's keep it moving, though. Um, so T-Mac is being nominated for a spot on the ballot for this year's Hall of Fame. Cool or uncool? Oh, uh, man. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, T-Mac. Ooh. Do they do that? Do they do that if you if you get injured for half your career? Oh, damn! <laughs> damn, he said it! Is that it. fair, man? <laughs> Is that fair? What Listen, do you, you already know. We, we came up in the 2000s, man. Like, he was one of the most was, lethal yeah, scores. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of Seven-time course. All-Star, yeah. All-NBA, I think four times maybe. Scoring champion back-to-back. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'm just surprised it came this fast. Yeah, no, it did come fast. It did come fast. <laughs> but what do you say, cool or uncool? It's cool, it's cool. It's he deserves cool. it, man. He's a star. He's a star in his own right. It just sucks. Like I said, you never know what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, I know you might be a fan of this. So the Cavs acquiring Kyle Corfer in the trade. Cool up. That was cool, man. I put out a tweet when I see when they when they made it. Yeah. Um, shooters. J.R. Smith is out. Yeah. We need the backup. Mm-hmm. We need to shoot against um Golden State. Golden State. Yeah. Look at uh Kevin Kevin Durant is the biggest has become the biggest he's ever been playing with the best team, mm-hmm. which is crazy because you think he would have had better stats on um, his old team with OKC, yeah. mm-hmm. but he is, he's playing the best he's ever has. Exactly. So like, there's more ball distribution yeah. around, around the zone, especially. Exactly. Because like with um, Russell's uh, usage rate, it's so high that he doesn't even yeah. get as many touches. Yeah, yeah. So um, and real quick, real quick before we go into the next game, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Westbrook or James Harden for MVP? Who do you got? Uh, based. Oh man, I hate you. <laughs> Russell Westbrook because MVP stats, season stats. You know what? It's crazy. Like he's putting up the triple double, but I think Harden's doing a better job, man. I mean, he is. Yeah, Harden's he's doing making play, play people around him better. Like Ryan Anderson. And Eric Gordon were irrelevant. Get out of they, here, They were man. irrelevant. Let's not, let's not do this before. again. Come yes, on. they were. Eric, how was Ryan Anderson not relevant? How was he relevant? The only good season he had was with New Orleans. They had nobody on there before, before Anthony Davis. Yeah, and he was the one carrying the load. Okay, but he wasn't an all-star, though. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not gonna put, be an all star because he's a tall white guy, and obviously, like, there's no marketing around him. All the all stars, there's marketing around them. Okay, I'm not Let's even talking serious. about marketing. I'm talking about the skill level. Like, look, for skill example, level for an all star, no, because there's a lot of be- play- players better than him in that position. But for that team that he was on, he held it down, and now he's on Houston, and he's still holding it so, down. So, so let me, so let me he ask. Relevant. You, let, let me ask you this. Brooke Lopez is putting up some pretty decent stats on the Nets right now. Yeah. But he's playing on the Nets. Yeah. So you mean to tell me that if he were to go to a contending team, that he could be looked at as the number one option? How many rebounds is he getting right now? Do you know? Who, Brooke, Brooke Lopez? Lopez? About yeah. seven a game. And who, who's his brother? Um, uh, Robin. Robin, okay. So I think he talk, plays for so New York. So talking about the good one. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he's still averaging the same amount of rebounds, probably averaging two more than what he was before. So um, I don't know, man. Centers is a dime a dozen. But... Yeah, I just don't think like Ryan Anderson. He's more of a complimentary piece. Him and, and, and Eric Gordon as well. Like I don't uh, think Eric Gordon's a scorer. You can't say that about him. He's a complimentary piece. So okay, Lou Williams is a scorer as well, but he's not going to be the leader of your team. No, he, but Lou Lou Williams, you can't compare to um, Eric Gordon. Of, Eric Gordon, of course you can. Eric they Gordon both average around eighteen points a game. Yeah, but Eric Gordon was like you could you can build a team around Eric Gordon before you do Lou. And you know that. Boy, please. You know Build that. what? Team? You know what? You know what? The problem with Eric Gordon is his attitude, and nobody wanted to deal with him because he wanted off of that team. That's true. And also, he has some health concerns as well. Yeah. But 
even then, like I, I just wouldn't build a team around him, like because at the end of the day, he's not really that serviceable when it comes to his yeah, health. yeah, no, I wouldn't either. But I'm just saying, out of the two, but I don't, I don't know. I think those are two very good players, mm-hmm. and you put them in Harden, who can make them great players. Yeah, so that's good. But if you're talking about MVP and you want to, I don't know. For me, MVP is about stats, and Russell Westbrook's killing it. I watched the Thunder the other day, and this guy literally, like, man. If, okay, first of all, if you average more than five assists a game, you're you're passing. You're not a ball hog. Oh, okay, but here's here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Like he is averaging ten assists a game, which yes, you're you're sharing the ball, but it's depending on how you're sharing the ball. Like James Harden, he's he's setting up his teammates for success. Like if he sees Ryan Anderson curling around the fork and he's open for the three, he's dishing to him immediately. Like with plenty of time left on the shot clock because he knows that's his chance to make a shot. Yeah. Whereas Westbrook, he'll hold the ball for yeah, so does, long yeah. and then he'll dish it if he has yeah. no shot or if he if he has to give it up immediately. So there's a difference with that. It's a usage rate, I'm telling you. It is, it is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I still give it to Westbrook, though, man, because you know what? Westbrook, I th- he deserves it, man. It was He's been waiting for his time to shine, mm-hmm. but he left, and he showed that he can he can pick up the slack. Yeah. I got to give it to him. I'll say either one of them are deserving of it, but I think Harden is the better choice just because he's making his teammates better, and no one expected the Rockets to be where they're at right now. Like They're no, way no, ahead right, of schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I think, what, they're second in the West right now? Yeah, second or third. Yeah, because yeah. I know uh, OKC. I think they're like thirty-one and six or something like that. And the Rockets haven't lost in double digits yet. Like as far as like their their loss yeah, column. Yeah. But nonetheless, we gotta keep it moving, man. Second let's game. Go. You already know what this game is, man. We gotta play. I'd quit the game. So let's uh, hit that real quick. Every second, every minute, man. I swear that she can get it. Yeah, yeah. You already know how this goes, man. Uh, you're the eligible bachelor in the alternate <laughs> universe, you know, wheeling, dealing, stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. Yes. But there comes a point in everyone's life where they got to quit the game. They got to settle down, have the children, <laughs> settle in the home with the white picket fence, apple pie cool on the windowsill, tire swing, <laughs> all that. So if you had to quit the game for one of these two women that I've handpicked, who would you quit the game for? Would you quit the game for J-Lo or Vivica A. Fox? Oh, man, you're going to do the MILF on me, eh? Yeah, yeah, MILF mode. <laughs> <laughs> MILF mode. Uh, just strictly off of career. Yeah, off of career. <laughs> how hey, many you want me to settle down? It's got to be, be worth it, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man, strictly <laughs> off career, I got to say J-Lo, man. J-Lo, okay. I say J-Lo, you know, Drake's hitting that. You see, he bought her a $100,000 uh, necklace, I heard about bro? that. I didn't what even see that. I, I heard about it, though. That's that's nuts, man. That's crazy. Yo, Jay's got bro. money to burn, man. He's you have to. Be... If you're if you're gonna go with J Lo, you gotta like be spending that money. Yeah. Cause she has she has money. Yeah, she's already had all yeah. that. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, we still got my man Goliath Pond in the building. When we come back, we got trip talk. You already know what that is. That's three topics of three minutes. But before we get to that, we gotta get to some J. Cole. And this is False Prophets, and it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop Like us on Facebook Yes, yes, y'all Welcome back to the show Once again, it's your man DM Cool And you're not too into Cool Radio I still got my man Goliath Paul in the building What up, what up? Yeah, yeah And you guys already know what time it is It's time for Trip Talk Three topics that we're gonna get to That happened within the week that was hip hop So with that being said Let's get to it So, first one I wanna talk about Is one that involves Kendrick Lamar and Beyonce now, basically, they are on tap to perform at uh, this year's Coachella, but apparently, they are pressured into donating some of their some of their earnings to uh, the LGBT uh, community groups. Basically, so this is how it, how it all went down. Basically. Uh, just days after the 2017 lineup for a blockbuster festival, Coachella dropped online. It came to light that its founder, Philip Anschultz, had been a longtime donor to anti-LGBTQ groups, uh, which is a statement that was made by Hip Hop DX. Now, uh, basically, they are coming under pressure to that because they've been involved with with the with the um, the proceedings of the festival, basically. So, basically, with Kendrick and Beyonce, they're the two. They're probably the two biggest names on the bill right now. And because of their star power, uh, a lot of these groups are signing petitions and passing laws to, uh, to people to sign them to, in order for them to uh, raise awareness about about what's been happening thus far, basically. So, looks like <laughs> it looks as though basically oh uh, seven thousand signatures have been uh, signed as of this morning. Which is Friday, January thirteenth. So, on that note, Glass Paul, what do you say to that? <laughs> Can you hear me when I suck my teeth, man? 
Why does that matter? Why do the artists get dragged into that? Remember what we were just talking about with this whole like new social justice and yeah. see how far they can push it? Yeah. Because one guy sends a tweet and everybody wants to retweet it because no one thinks for themselves anymore. Yes. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so what if the guy from Coachella donates to wherever he wants? It's his thing. Let him yeah. do what he wants. And then you're going to pressure the artist yeah. to, to donate because he didn't? And because, mm -hmm. come on, man, let him. I don't like that kind of stuff, though. But I mean, it happens. If they want to, they let them donate. If not, yeah. then it is what it is. Exactly. Because he here's here's my thing. Like I'm with you. Like I disagree with the fact that Kendrick and Beyonce or whomever for that matter, yeah, are being pressured into donating money. Like I feel like if they want to donate to that cause or any cause for that matter, then they should do it on their own accord. Exactly. They, like that's like me telling you, oh, you should you should get the Prius. You shouldn't get the Honda. Get the Prius. You know what I mean? That's your yeah, money. Yeah, you do what yeah. you want with it. You've yeah. earned it, right? Exactly. So I don't think it's fair that they're pressuring them to do that. If anything, it would make more sense if they pressured the uh, the owner of Coachella, like the, the head promoter, to donate some of the proceeds himself to those communities. Exactly. It make Pressure that, him. Exactly. It make more sense to do that. And even then, that's still his money. He can do what he wants, right? But yeah, like I I do agree that. The this whole social justice warrior thing like it's sometimes getting out of hand yes certain issues like that need to be made aware of yeah. but you can't be flexing your power and screaming out privilege in certain situations because now you are taking liberties and ironically enough people are taking liberties away from you so yeah. you you've now become the big bad bully in this regard so even if kendrick and and beyonce were to do that it would be disingenuous because they only did it because of the pressure and the backlash exactly. you know what i mean exactly so People are going to be like, oh, well, they only did it for those reasons. So, like, no one really wins in this situation. Yeah, there's never any winners. Mm -hmm. Never any winners. It was the same thing with um, the Dylan Roof, you know, yep. um, his conviction. Mm -hmm. Everybody was saying, oh, well, he got life in prison. Or, sorry, he got the death penalty, da-da-da-da-da. Yep. But it's like, why are you getting angry at that? Because if he was to get off, you get angry. I feel like people are just, they're just looking for reasons to get angry no matter the outcome. Yeah, definitely. That's just the world we live in now. Everybody just wants something to say. You know what? It's because everyone has a voice now because of social media. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's the pros and cons of social media, basically. Everyone feels like they can report on whatever they want to report on based mm -hmm. on having no facts to back up their opinion whatsoever. Exactly. So really, we're all pretty much wrapped up in a world of conjecture now because no one's back at what they're saying. They're just saying it because they have a platform that they didn't really have before. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think in regards to this, man, I mean, Kendrick and Beyonce just continue to do their thing, man. They don't, they don't have to succumb to this. Yeah, like, let them do their this thing. Isn't their, this isn't their problem. This is like me, you know, hooking one of my guys up with a girl that I know, and if it doesn't work out, then I'm going to hear some shit from the girl and be like, hey, like, that had nothing to do with me. Like, that's yeah. all you guys. Like, I brought you guys together. Whatever you do beyond that point is on your own. You know what I mean? Exactly. So yeah, man. it is what it is, man. But what do you guys think about that? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. Next on the docket, let's see here. We have a lot to talk about on tonight's show. That was just, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, we were just talking about this, like, uh, earlier in the show. So... Meek Mill. All right. Yeah, you see him As, slip down the steps. Uh, oh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know it was him. I just saw some random guy, yeah. and then someone said it was Meek yeah, Mill. I was, was like, Meek no. Mill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You but nonetheless, this guy's just catching L's left, right, and center, man. <laughs> and he may catch another L this year as he is, for whatever reason, proposing a boxing match between himself and Drake, and he would like to have Nicki Minaj as the ring card girl. So this is what he said on social media, and I quote, I'd beat Drizzy the F up for five mil. Of course I would. We gonna let Nicki be the ring girl. Y'all would come see that fight, wouldn't y'all? Y'all spend that $100 ticket for that. Now, here's the thing. Meek, I've seen I've seen him box before. Like I've seen him punch like punch a punching yeah, bag. Yeah, punching bag. Yeah, <laughs> and yo, he looked like he got bodied by the punching I bag. Know. Okay, like he doesn't know how to put his guard up, and like he looks like he got gassed up so easily. Whereas Drake, he's actually working out with Johnny Roxy. He actually looks like he's in shape. Yeah. I don't know about his fighting ability, but like I'd rather put Drake over Meek Mill any day. And Meek Mill is now putting himself in the position to be the first rapper in history to take L's. By one rapper in two separate fields, basically. <laughs> but beyond that, what do you think about this fiasco? I think it's the same as what everyone else is doing. They uh -huh. just wanna. It's it's what's hot right now, man. If you say, "Oh, let me box so and so," yeah, you're gonna get that blog coverage. Uh huh. And that blog coverage means you can, you know, charge more for your show. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. They're just they're just talking, man. I don't think it's gonna happen. Drake will never do it. Yeah, he'll never. Meek will never do it. 
You know, Meek, you want to go fight somebody? Fight the game. The game wanted to fight you. Oh, yeah. Challenge him. He's down for a fight. Yeah, of course. The, the funny thing is, you know, we've been, like people have been saying for years that boxing is a dying sport. It ain't a dying sport no more. <laughs> no, definitely not, man. Oh, man. And I just want to know who would be the, the promoter for this. Like, is it going to be Floyd Mayweather again? Like, who? Like, I, don't even, I don't even know what those three coons are doing in this whole thing, too. For Tyson, real. 50 yeah. And, yeah. And, and Mayweather. I. I <laughs> There's yo, so much happening God, that I want to discuss right now. <laughs> I mean, okay, I get it. Like, they're not threatening each other with guns or, like, or a type of, like, fatal violence, which I can appreciate. But. What happened to like beef on wax? You know what I'm I know, saying? I like, I don't know why Meek Mill keeps on bringing it up over and over again. Like, dude, you got your ass kicked. Move on. Yeah, that, leave it alone. That wasn't even last. That was two years ago. I know. That, or a year and a half, but still, that was in 2015. Yeah. That happened almost two years ago. Let it go. Make music. Because at the end of the day, people will not forget about it if you keep on reminding them about it. Drake doesn't even do that. Like, he may perform back to back every now and again but even he said himself that he's retiring from performing that record yeah on top of so like really it's Meek that's doing it to himself focus on the music you know what I mean leave all this like buffoonery alone and like the sideshow circus stuff alone man like focus on the music and then the people will come back and be on your side again there are people who are still on his side for some reason but nonetheless they're still on his side yeah. so Stop putting stop putting a target on your back. That's the thing. You you release hot music, man. People forget. It's a very forgiving industry. Yeah. People only care about the music. So exactly. you release hot music and they'll love you again. Exactly. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think about this? Hit us up on Twitter <laughs> at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. And the final topic of Trip Talk, which really kind of ties into all of this, is a post that Diddy made earlier this week. Basically saying how he's tired of the coonery in hip-hop. I know, I've seen that. And this is coming from him of all people, which is very ironic. So this is what he said in the post, uh, and I quote, Believe me, they saying you cooning and buffooning, oh, believe me, and they loving every minute of it. And that's what he said in the video that he posted on Instagram, I believe. And basically, he that came off the heels of him saying that he wants to make a conscientious effort to stay off of social media with the reason being, quote-unquote, it's too much cooning and buffooning going on in hip-hop. Um, so what do you think about Diddy, of all people, making a statement like that? Coming from Captain Coonery? Yeah! <laughs> take that, take that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm I'm glad I'm glad somebody of some stature said something. Yeah. Because it honestly it's it's kind of getting ridiculous now. Mm-hmm. It's so ridiculous that anytime any Soldier Boy or Chris Brown or any of these guys make one thing or post something, all the blogs pick it up. Like they literally have nothing to talk about yeah, in hip hop right now, day. man. Yeah, it's very slow. So I'm glad he said something. And he said he's gonna return back when he gets his thoughts more organized and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. He's gonna talk specifically to black people in the hip hop culture, and it's not for anybody else. Yeah. So I'm waiting to see what he's gonna say. But um, I don't know, man. I guess we just kind of just gotta wait it out mm-hmm. and let this whole thing blow over. First, they want to do it in Vegas. Now they're gonna do it in Dubai. Like, yeah. it's, I don't even think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. And honestly, going back to what Diddy was saying about the cutting of buffoonery, I'm glad he's saying it. Mind you, he's like mid 40s and like yeah. you should be in a position where like you are more mature about these situations mm-hmm. so i can appreciate him for that standpoint Same. but you know what whether he sounds hypocritical of saying that or not he's right there is, is a right, lot of yeah. cooning right now yeah, hence with this, this boxing thing like soldier boy versus chris brown meek mill versus drake yeah. uh, not too recent not too long ago i saw riff Raff versus 50 apparently i know yeah riff Raff called out like, 50 what's happening like if boxing is going through a resurgence, it shouldn't be going through it in this manner. <laughs> yeah, it just makes them look sure. foolish right now. Yeah. So it's just like, whatever happened to talking to people about your situations? You know what I mean? I mean, of course, you're going to be in, in an environment where it's organized. You're going to be be having tra- trained professionals working with you and what have you. But at the same time, it sounds like a circus act right now. Like, none of these guys have ever stepped in a boxing ring a day in their life. They probably don't even know how to fight. Like, why should people pay money to see this? Unless if it's going to a charity of some sort. Yeah. If it's going to a charity of some sort, then I can kind of cut a little bit of the slack off. But for the most part, it just sounds stupid. It's like, stupid, you guys man. are artists. You guys should be recording music or making investment deals as businessmen or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But no, you're out here cooning about fooling like, like, like Diddy is saying and talking about, oh, you know, meet me in the boxing ring, da, 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 even though you've never lifted a weight in your life. Exactly. I, it's it's just it's just for the it's just for the likes, man. That's all they're doing it for. It's all it is, and and, and, it's, and it ruins it ruins the culture and it ruins the perception as well. It, that's what Diddy's saying. He's like, 
okay, it's one thing to do that through the music, yeah. but if you're trying to do that just through in, in life in general and yeah. just trying to like put one over everybody. Exactly. You know, music is a self-expression, but when you come out of the music and you start to try to do that in real life and make and just try to profit off of it, yeah. then, I mean, we all see through it. Exactly. We don't believe you need more people, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what do you guys think? Hit us on my Twitter once again, at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. Now, it's time for some more enlightening, uh, for a more enlightening segment, I should say. It's time to get old school. So with that being said, let's go for the... Uh, Flashback Friday track of the day. You guys already know with this segment, man. Hit me up on Twitter and let me know what song you want to hear for the Flashback Friday track of the day. Uh, I think it's time to give it to the ladies for, for this one, actually, man. We got to give it to the two-woman duo who ran hip-hop in their early 90s with a lot of their female sexual liberating tracks. And I got uh, I got to call out Salt and Pepper for that, man. So we're going to play some Salt and Pepper right now. This one's called Shoop. And when we come back... We got the wankster of the week, so keep it locked. It is cool radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM hip hop. Like us on Facebook. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back. It is your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. I still got my man Goliath Pond in the building. What up? What up? Yeah, yeah. You already know. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors playing at home today against the Brooklyn Nets. Hopefully, we are spanking that ass right now. But nonetheless. We will be getting to do some regulating of our own right now because it is a segment that you've all been waiting for. So with that being said, it is time to not hold back. <clears throat> Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than back-to-back offender of the Wankster of the Week category for the second week in a row, Soulja Boy Teller. Now, he's getting the Wankster of the Week because of a series of events. So the first event is the fact that he got his house broken into over the weekend. Now, you're probably thinking, yo, DM, why are you getting at him for? He, He had no control over that. He had no control over that. Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm giving him the wankster for that partially. Main reason is because of the fact that he was on an Instagram video um, calling out gang gang and claiming that he was a blood and everything. And he was walking around with a whole bunch of hoodlums and gooms and what have you claiming out blood. Now, obviously, when you, you know, incite conflict, you're going to get a reaction of some sort. Hence, this was the reaction. Obviously, that reaction wasn't justified. You shouldn't be breaking into anyone's house. But from Soldier Boy, we were expecting something like this to happen. Now, the thief broke into his house and, and stole, I think, something to the tune of $12,000 worth of jewelry and then stole $10,000 in cash. Now, on top of that, after the burglary took place, I don't know how soon after, but after it had taken place, Soldier Boy took an Instagram video of himself flashing his jewels. Of course, the gaudy rapper having to show off the jewels just to show that he's still financially set, correct? Or so it seems. Because the second half of this wank today is getting is due to the fact that his landlord actually wants to kick him out <laughs> of the house that he lives in. Basically saying not because he's disturbing the neighborhood or anything like that, but mainly because he hasn't paid his rent. <laughs> really, Negro? Really? What? You're out here flashing your jewels on camera, and you haven't paid your rent? Now, here's the thing. He owes about $6,000 in rent, and he has yet to pay that. And his landlord is basically saying that if he does not pay that, that he will be getting an eviction notice ASAP. Now, let me adjust my mic real quick. So, you mean to tell me, soldier boy, that you you are out here getting that guap, getting that money... You're flashing your jewels all on the gram, all on social media, on the snap, or what have you. Yet you owe $6,000 in rent for a home that you had just bought and paid for not too long ago. You're out here flashing your jewels, but you can't pay your rent? Now, I'd understand if you are in the struggling artist category, but since you just paid for that house, then that shouldn't be hard for you to come up with, especially when you're wearing jewelry that looks like it's worth about Maybe, I don't know, 50K possibly? I, that's just me. I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not a jewel connoisseur, so 
I couldn't even tell you how much that stuff costs. But nonetheless, you apparently got money, right? You're always flashing your, your cash, holding it to your ear as if you're talking to Benjamin Franklin or something like that. But really what you need to be talking to is your common sense because it's a long-distance call from where you're at right now. The fact that you'd rather flash your jewels and flash your ice and all that stuff instead of paying your rent. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you give N-Words microphones, okay? They start talking <laughs> the most nonsensical things possible. They want to front like they're, they're living the, the luxurious and uh, luxurious life and living in the epic lap of luxury, as Method Man once said in 1995. But really, they are struggling because they can't get a grip of the difference between reality and entertainment. They want to appear to people that they are these big shots, but in reality, they are struggling. Henceforth, him not paying $6,000 in rent. He's not even struggling. He's just being negligent. He has the money. He just won't spend it. Hence, you know, the robber making off with, what, $10,000 worth in cash? He could have used 6000 of that for his rent, but no, he didn't. He decided that he wants to be ignorant, he wants to be gaudy, and he wants to live up this stereotypical rapper persona. And now this guy's facing eviction on top of getting his house broken into. Kids out there, if you want to be a recording artist, especially if it's a rapper, be yourself. Be Just be like J. Cole. J. Cole doesn't wear jewels or anything like that. This guy doesn't even drive a car. He rides a bike around, and he's saving his money. Hell, look at the professional sports. Um, what's his name? Kawhi Leonard. He drives an old-school Chevy pickup truck, even though he's one of like the, the top 10, maybe 15 players in the league, and he's, and he's earning a ton of money right now just be smart with your money you can buy jewels or whatever if you want to but budget your money be smart be fiscally responsible something that soldier boy is not and for that reason he is definitely getting this wankster does he deserve it of course and i'm gonna drop it on him one more time just like this mr paul your thoughts please Oh, man, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I didn't even know the guy's house got broken into. Christ. What a goof. Um, <laughs> yo, Soulja Boy needs to stop, like ASAP. But I, I get it. I get what he's doing. But at the same time, he's just making a fool of himself. He really is. I mean, you, you're beefing Shia LaBeouf. You're beefing other dudes that aren't even, don't even have a name yet. You're giving them a name. Mm -hmm. You're constantly creating beef for yourself. One minute you're from Atlanta. The next minute you're from New Orleans. Mm -hmm. You're GD. Now you're blood in Bompton. Like, <laughs> right. And and that's what everyone else is saying too. Like all these guys out here who are who are selling their hoods or renting their hoods to guys like Soldier Boys just so you can appear in the videos with them. Y'all yep. need to stop. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to take the money that these guys are giving you, like Soldier Boy, yep. and reinvest it into your hood. Tell him to, you know, get some community programs, fund those mm -hmm. instead of you pocketing the money and buying a car or a chain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just it's just nonsense all the way around. So Soldier Boy deserves whatever is coming to him, man. Because I mean, he's been on fake Watchbuster all the time. They literally have people who like <laughs> Google anytime this guy flosses something. Yeah. Remember he had the gun, and the cops, uh, the neighbors called the cops saying, "Oh, this guy has a gun." Obviously, he's on online going crazy with it. Yeah. The cops broke. Uh, they they had a warrant. They got into the house, found the gun. Turned out it was fake, and dropped the charges on him. That's when he was arrested a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. So I like, didn't know about that one. Actually. Yeah, man. Like. Everything he's doing is just for attention. It's yeah. all fake. It's Soldier Boy. It's crank that Superman. Like, yeah. I mean, he's hundred and ten pounds soaking wet. He's Ugh. not doing anything to anybody. He's really Soldier is, Boy, it. man. But I just, I just hope he stops before something real bad happens to him. Because yeah. some of these guys don't play out here, man. Exactly. They just want that. They, they want the name for themselves. So and it's not like he's in the Soldier Boy Tell Him era anymore. That that was when no. he was like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. This guy's well, like twenty six, twenty seven, maybe. Like yeah. he's grown. Like he's in his mid twenties at the very least. Like. Someone needs to tell them to smart enough. Him, Chris Brown, a lot of these people, like, they don't have the right people in their camp. They just have no, yes men who yes take men. their money. This is yeah. like Justin Bieber and uh, what's his name? Little, little, little Twist, twist or whatever. Yeah, guys, they're, yeah. Just, they're just weed handlers, man. That's all they are. Like, they, I, I don't know. I can't. I just can't. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, too. I'm just waiting to see what happens to Soldier Boy. That's it. I mean, one day you're going to wake up and he's going to be in the hospital or some. I don't know. Someone's going to someone's gonna check him yeah. just for the name. Exactly. Um, 
So we'll see. Exactly. This he needs an intervention. He's but a wankster, though. He's, a, he's definitely a <laughs> wankster. He's an all-time wankster. That's not changing anytime soon. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, we've reached the end of the show. Um. So before you go, Pa, uh, what, what do you have coming up in the future? I know you got your mixtape coming up very, very soon. Uh, what what can the people expect from it? Is it gonna be like uh, something very fresh for them? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fresh, man. It's gonna mm-hmm. be like I said, it's 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 club bangers, hip hop mm-hmm. anthems, street anthems. It's gonna be stuff that when you when you're riding in the car, you can turn it up. Mm-hmm. You get crunk to it. Party yep. music. You know, we're going to have a lot of DJs playing it all over Toronto. Mm-hmm. We're going to be sending it all over the country to the radio stations. The first single is going to be really hot. Um, it's different, man. I sing a lot on this, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's going to be new. Uh, we're going to have a tour lined up for it as well mm-hmm. and a radio promo as well. So, you know, I'll be seeing you real soon with it. Yeah, most definitely. You already know, man. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Pa, I want to thank you for coming through. You already know you're welcome to come through anytime. Your family over here, so make sure you make that visit when you need to, all right? Of course. Yes. And next week, ladies and gentlemen, we do have NBA TV producer Dwayne Watson in the building. We will be talking about everything NBA-related, so make sure you keep on the lookout for that next week. Uh, to catch any of our latest episodes, make sure you hit us up on Twitter at DM underscore cool, or specifically at cool underscore radio. You can catch them on SoundCloud with the same handle. Catch them on YouTube with the same handle. And on Facebook, it's at cool radio CC if you want to catch the latest updates and what have you. Uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in, as you always do on a weekly basis. And as always, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacy. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.